Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. <laughs> What's going on? Not much. Uh, we are sitting in our newly decorated uh, bedroom studio. <laughs> studio, actually, it's not a bedroom. Oh yes, we love the energy we've created in the studio today. Correct. It's uh, we've got new sheets, new duvet cover, tapestry, artwork. Throw pillows. Oh, God. Throw pillows, yes. Your favorite and the most unnecessary. Well, they're fun. They tie it all together. They are fun. This is unimportant, uh, but... Did you mention tapestry? We I did. A, I did. a flower tapestry. I did mention it. Wow, you can tell how exciting our lives have been if we're talking about our, our new sheets. It's fun. <laughs> it is our room. We live here every day. That's true. And it's new. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of it. You also kind of had an issue with the composition of my tacos that I made. Oh God! I uh, mean, Thursday. Listen to this bullshit. What do you when you think of a taco? Let's let's picture a taco in our head. Uh, now let's think about Alex's taco. Okay, it's <laughs> shrimp, red bell pepper, green onion, provolone cheese, feta cheese, kidney beans. <laughs> sriracha lime juice and a corn tortilla does that sound like a taco to literally anyone no i was working with what we had you were very creative (laughs) and i guess i only define it by if the it's confined by a corn tortilla it is a taco yeah, sometimes you don't even have to have a taco shell or whatever. You just call it a burrito bowl. Any mishmash of any kind of ingredients, if it's in a bowl, it's a burrito bowl in your book. That makes no sense. That's right. Okay. But, you know, we disagree. We're getting derailed we here. We disagree. This is getting a little kooky for the Not Today podcast. <laughs> let's let's reel it back. Shall we dive in? Let's dive in. Let's, let's do it. So today, we're going to be talking about a really cool person in my opinion i mean she's sick she's is she crazy (laughs) shut up Ah. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about christy martin today and she arguably put women's boxing on the map like she is the reason women's boxing is what it is today sweet which is super cool and that alone is very cool however she did survive an attempt at her life and we will get to that because we are still a survival podcast but we're gonna get there by going through her story shall we do that let's do it let's do it i'm very excited hell yeah so my source is plural, are untold deal with the devil which is on netflix and then we have wikipedia because good old Wikipedia. Sure. So Christy Martin was born in Mullins, West Virginia, with the name Christy Salters at the time. And she grew up in Itman, West Virginia, which was a coal mining country. And she was a coal miner's daughter and a coal miner's granddaughter. There wasn't a lot going on in her town. It wasn't even really a town. It was more like a stretch of road. That's what she said. And as Christy was growing up, everybody called her sis. And she was energetic. And she wasn't the type of kid to just sit inside and watch TV. Her father was an athlete, which led her to playing Little League baseball and played with the team with all boys. And she was the catcher. And she went to Mullins High School, where she played basketball and was also very good at that. After that, she attended Concord College in Athens, West Virginia on a basketball scholarship and earned a BS in education. So very athletic, doing her thing. Very accomplished, motivated lady. Definitely. She became best friends with the star player on her basketball team, Sherry Lusk. And she asked Sherry if they could work out together and shoot ball together. But not long after that, um, feelings started to form between the two. And at that time, being gay wasn't something that was very accepted or even seen. So they had to hide it. Right. What do you, do you know what year it was? It was like the late 80s. 
Fair enough. So definitely not great to be gay. No, definitely not accepted. And And I want to say this was like during the HIV outbreak or maybe towards the end of it. I'm not actually sure when it happened, but yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's around the time. It definitely wasn't accepted. Yeah. I mean, as if gay people had enough problems at the time, I think that outbreak exacerbated it. Oh, yes. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely. I would assume For so. sure, definitely. And her parents were definitely in denial about the fact that Christy was gay because, you know, they didn't approve of their daughter being gay. And they said that that's just not what they wanted for her. And they raised her in a quote unquote different time. So they just were not accepting of her at all. God, that sucks. Yeah. Throughout Christy's life, the only place she felt safe was in the boxing ring. And she said that the reasons that she felt so safe were there were there were rules. Every punch is planned. She had so much anger and the only place she could let it out was in the boxing ring. And she said that she owes her survival to it. And we'll, you know, get into that as well. But let's keep going. So she said that she had a lot of anger pent up because of who she was and having to suppress that for so long you know, definitely contributed to what she believes is as good of a fighter as she was. Like she, she just thinks that that had a lot to do with it. So in 1986, the West Virginia tough man fights were happening and Christy actually started boxing on a dare from one of her classmates in college to enter that tough man contest. And she had been in fights before, but never in a ring. And Christy is 5'4", and she got into the ring with a woman who was around 5'9 and 150 pounds, and she hit her once and knocked her out cold. Holy shit. She just, like, cold cocked her. One punch, done. Yeah. First hit in the boxing ring, and she knocks her out cold. That's fantastic. Yes. (laughs) Um, She said landing that knockout punch was the biggest high you can ever achieve. Wow. Yeah. She fought three times that night and won $300. And after that, she was... She fought three fights in one night. Mm -hmm. That seems like a fucking lot. Yeah. I mean, it was like a competition. It was like the tough man competition. I mean, I get it. But, you know, professional like MMA or boxers will train for months on end for one fight. And they do like two or three fights per year, let alone three in one night. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess she... I probably didn't break a sweat in the first fight where she <laughs> yeah, one literally. punch knockout. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, that takes a lot of physical... Um, endurance? Endurance yeah. and prowess, I guess, was the word I was looking for. But, sure. yeah, I mean, she must have been in great shape and had a lot of willpower to do three fights in one night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She is extremely athletic and very talented and also extremely determined. Yeah. Um, and she was completely hooked after that. After those fights, a promoter told Christy that he had a trainer that he wanted to set her up with because he saw a lot of potential in Christy. And that trainer was Jim Martin, who at the time had 26 professional boxing matches under his belt. Like he was training all those people. And that was including Marvin Johnson, who was a lightweight or a light heavyweight champion, which I don't understand. It's kind of an oxymoron, a light heavyweight champion. Yeah, I mean, it's just a different weight class, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Well, so anyway, Jim Martin was training people to, you know, become really good boxers at that time. So this got her excited. And her mother was with her on the first day that she walked into Jim Martin's training gym in Brysall, Tennessee. Bristle? Bristle, I'm assuming. I don't know. She also brought her little Pomeranian. So Christy's walking into this boxing gym with her mom and a tiny dog. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I would have loved to see this scene unfold. (laughs) Yeah. Like was in like a purse. That would have been even better. No. It's like poking its head out. No, it wasn't. pink. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it wasn't like that, but she did bring her little dog, which is funny. Uh, And as she walked in, she felt like all the air had left the gym because there was a lot of tension because I mean, like I said in the beginning, she was the first person to put women's boxing on the match and that or on the map on the map there we go and and that didn't come very easily so day one in the training gym she she was met with a lot of what scrutiny and non-acceptance yeah like she just was not being taken seriously in the slightest and she's rolling in with a pomeranian you know what i mean yeah just wait till she starts punching yes um when she met jim martin she asked where she could change and he wouldn't even tell her where the bathroom was 
what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Yeah, he just wanted her out of there. Jim Martin didn't want to train a woman or get anywhere near women's boxing because he thought he'd be laughed out of the sport. The promoter that had, uh, you know, suggested Christy to Jim had pressured him into training her and he didn't want anything to do with her, but he was kind of doing a favor to this promoter. So his plan was to put her into the ring with the other men that he was training and have them beat the shit out of her and then she would never come back. What an asswipe. <laughs> yeah, but since Christy's mother was there, he had to call it off. And just another funny little tidbit, Jim also hated her dog and the dog hated him right back. So oh, that's it fantastic. was just like, it, I hope it bit him. Yeah. It was kind of like the setup of like a movie, you know, if you think about it, like, yeah, I know this really does seem like something out of a movie where it, like, yeah, we have this tension in the beginning and then we come back and we're all friends at the end. Well, yeah. But I mean, just the scene of like her walking in with her mom and her Pomeranian, he's like, okay, I'm going to have them beat the shit out of her. And then the mom's there and he's like, I hate this girl. And the dog's like yapping at him in the background he's like <laughs> just like fuming so yeah definitely an interesting day jim's other fighters were actually telling him to give her a chance which was you know big and they wanted him to work with her a little bit just to see what happens because they were intrigued and because of that he decided to give her a chance Jim's first impression of Christy in the ring was that she was very clumsy. She didn't have the footwork yet, but he also noticed that she had an incredibly good chin for boxing, which I didn't know that this was a thing, but apparently in boxing, you either have a chin or you don't. And Christy had a quote unquote granite chin, meaning she could endure some really hard hits and she'd still be standing because I think what like where you hit a person to like knock them out is like in their jaw or like in their chin. So you know, she's like the uppercut yeah. right into the chin. Um, so as if I know anything about boxing really, but, <laughs> um, does, does it mean she like actually has a like pronounced chin or I, is I it just so. a metaphor for like, she can take a lot of hits? No, I think it's physically her chin. Like she has pretty defined features. Oh, yeah. Okay. So because of her chin, Jim decided that he would make her a fighter. Yo, is I'm sorry. Is this what the crimson chin came from? <laughs> from uh, Fairly Odd Parents? I don't know. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's that's a uh, <laughs> could be. I mean, he was I a superhero, not a 20, boxer. What eighteen years later after yeah, watching it? Right, you're like brain blast. <laughs> uh, so next stop was finding her a sparring partner. And that's when Jimmy, quote unquote, short dog Maloney came into the picture <laughs> short dog. because they all have names like that. Of course. Uh, at first, when Jim told Jimmy that he was going to be fighting Christy, he was like, um, I don't want to fight this crazy girl. Uh, but then, you know, he met her and they clicked and she definitely matched him. Like she was able to hold her own in the ring with him. So she gave him plenty of black eyes and fat lips and she worked extremely hard. And, you know, he was like, okay, I respect this girl <laughs> for sure. And she worked so, so hard to prove to everyone that no matter what they threw at her or how hard they made her work, she could do it. And she said, because of who I am, I'm going to do it better than everyone else in this gym because you know, being a woman, she really, really needed to prove herself. Yeah, you had to go a bar above. Yeah, definitely. She worked way harder than any of Jim's other boxers. And he said, if I told her to jump off of the roof, I believe she would have done it. Like that's, that was Fucking the kind of dedication right. she was giving. He told her that he was going to make her the best woman fighter in the world. And she thought that he was full of shit, but even if he wasn't full of shit, women boxers weren't really a thing. And they certainly weren't getting paid that well, if at all. So to get her, her career kind of off the ground, Jim would call up fight promoters to get her into fights. And the first fight she landed, the promoter told them that he would let her fight, but he wasn't going to pay her. And the second fight she got, the promoter gave them a stack of tickets and told them that whatever tickets they sold, they would get to keep the money. And they only sold two tickets. So Christy fought for $60. 
Wow. That's how badly she wanted it. She's like, I will keep doing this for free. I'll get the shit kicked out of me. Well, actually, she wasn't getting the shit kicked out of her, but you know what I mean? Like, she's still landing hits. Right. She was so insanely broke at that point, but Jim just kept assuring her that the boxing was going to work out because now Jim is 100% in her corner. He's like, okay, I see the the potential she holds and I really think we can make her huge. So he is going at this as hard, well, not as hard as her, but you know, he's, he's trying to promote her. Jim called her a Mike Tyson type fighter and they just kept going and eventually Christy started gaining some attention. She could knock a person out with one hit, and soon enough, these fight promoters realized that Christy was the best fight of their night, and she completely stole their crowds, and everybody loved her. Because, you know, they would have a bunch of fights in one night, and, you know, the main event would be overshadowed by Christy Martin, and people were starting to take notice to that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Was it mixed gender, or was it only women boxing? No, I, it would be like a bunch of men fighting and like one women boxing round. But like that fight would completely steal the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And she really had to win over these crowds because, you know, the first few times she would walk out to like go into the ring and fight someone, the crowd would boo her because they didn't want to see a woman fight. They thought it was stupid. And then she would start to fight and they'd be like, oh shit, this is insane. And they would be really hype and it would be the best thing. So really cool. Yeah. Wow. What a like whiplash. (laughs) Yeah. And for Christy, it wasn't about being a woman fighter. She just wanted to be a fighter period. And Christy really looked up to Jim. He was her trainer and their relationship was close, but you know, for the most part, I mean, not for the most part, for the whole part, that's what their relationship was until one fight Christy hit it out of the park completely. And afterwards, the crowd was going wild and Christy was jumping around the ring and celebrating. And when Jim came up to her, he hugged her. And then after they kind of let go of their hug, she kissed him. Hello? She said in that moment, she didn't even know what had happened. It just happened because of like pure happiness. Jim also said he didn't know how that came about because he went from hating her to one day loving her. And he cared so much about her at that point, and he just wanted to protect her. But now their relationship was so close, and, you know, they were starting to have feelings. Christy's parents were also very shocked when this became a romantic relationship, because Jim was older than her father. Right. Yeah. Okay, so clearly not lesbian anymore. She is now bi. Let's not label her. Let's, yeah, let's not put labels on it, but this is new information. (laughs) Sure. Clearly. Sure. This is new information, but yeah. So what, do you know what the age differential was? A 24 year age difference. 24 years. Not that long. What? (laughs) Only two decades-ish. What's two decades? What is two decades, but a number. Exactly. Right. And that's where they were at, you know? Love Uh, is love. (laughs) Okay. Like I'm being, I'm, I'm joking, but like this, I'm not. No, no, no. It's fine. No, I know. I just, I found it very ironic that we're saying love is love. And at that time it was like, she couldn't be lesbian. Definitely not. (laughs) Love is only love for straight people at this time. At that time. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I mean, they, they clearly had a close relationship and they spent a lot of time together. And I'm sure they had, you know, very strong feelings for each other. So yeah, no, I mean, we'll get into their relationship, but so this is how it started. And they, Christy's parents, you know, like I said, were shocked because of the age difference, but ultimately he cared for her and he looked out for her. So Christy's mother said that they grew to love him like a son. That is strange. (laughs) Even though you're older than my husband, I love you like my son. (laughs) Oh my God. Interesting. Yeah, what a what a crazy relationship. Crazy. Crazy. Ah. They became extremely close and Christy felt like she could share everything with him. She said even all the bad things like the relationships with women, which broke my heart when she said that because she said even all the bad things like my relationships with women. Like that, oh, that just... Oh, that sucks. It like, so it she, like, even oh. she still viewed it as yeah, negative. Exactly. I mean, how, I mean, who can blame her? Like, right. literally everyone is telling you that. Right. It was so, just, it hurt my heart. That's, yeah, that is sad. Yeah, but she did share it with Jim. So Jim did know about her past with women. He didn't like it. 
he said that had he known that at the start, she never would have even stayed in his training gym. Um, but wow. Yeah. Okay. So clearly some misogyny leading into homophobia here oh, with Jim. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's going to continue to grow friends. Um, so things were now different in Jim's eyes because now they were in love. Her past was her past, but now he just wanted to focus on their future. That's how he was viewing it. And the two of them went to a Walmart, got two rings and got married. A Walmart wedding. Mm-hmm. They sure did have a Walmart wedding. Oh my gosh. Yes. D- Walmart sells like actual I mean, precious sell... metal jewelry. I mean, I don't know how precious or... it is, but it's jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine being like jewelry Walmart. Well, they weren't making that much money at that point. They were just... That's entirely true yeah 60 bucks to fight exactly not cutting it for a uh, big rock <laughs> right and christy said when she got married to jim she felt as if she was marrying boxing which really kind of interesting points to the fact that she's still a lesbian you know <laughs> <laughs> like she's like oh i'm marrying jim that that equals boxing not a man you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah that, that's too funny, but I mean, it does kind of make sense because the, she, this is her, he represents her start in boxing. Oh, yeah. No, no, But I mean, it it just, that is it, no, it's still like, it still breaks my heart because I'm like, girl, just, oh, I wish, know. I wish you could just be who you want to be and who yeah, you are. Like, fuck. goddamn. But yeah, he gave her an opportunity and she was ready to take advantage of that opportunity. And then that's what it was to her. It was an opportunity. Um, so the, the relationship was an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. she did obviously have feelings for him in the, in the way that like they were best friends and they became very close and like, you know, they had these moments of whatever, but I guess I can't speak for her, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah, it's very complicated. Let's just leave it there. Yeah, that's right. So let's go to 1994. Christie's boxing career is continuing to grow. And she got a meeting with Don King, who was one of the greatest boxing promoters of all time. He had promoted Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, Joe Frazier, and Joe Bugner. I don't know who that is, but these are big names in the boxing world. And Christy never sh- never thought she'd be boxing for Don King, but she got this meeting. And this was the first time a woman boxer had ever gotten to meet with him. And she went into his office to meet him and brought a a VHS tape of her fighting. But when she put the tape into the VCR, it wasn't working. So she stood- Oh, no way. Technical difficulty. How like is that moment? Like how anxious are you as you put it in? It does not work. I know. It's- I would feel so terrible. but crawl in a hole. Yeah. But so since that wasn't working, she wasn't just going to roll over. She stood up and started to shadow box in his office. So she's like, I'm gonna I'm give him the old one-two and mm-hmm. see what he thinks about that. And he loved that. And he pulled out a contract to sign her. Oh, right then and there. Right then and there. Love Jim, it. Yeah. Jim and Christy asked if they could take the contract to their lawyer before they signed it. But Don King said no. He was like, this is where we are going to stay with this contract. And you're either going to sign it now or you're going to get out of my office. And he, he asked her what she made for her last fight. And she said a couple hundred dollars. And he asked her if she wanted to fight for $5,000 or fight for a couple hundred. So they signed it. I don't like this. Yeah, it's a little shady. I don't like this for a number of reasons. Well, yeah, but Um, it is what it is. It is the early 90s. Right. A lot of people are getting screwed by contracts. Yes. Did they read it? Was how long was the term? Listen. How much was it? How much percentage of her business is she getting? Like, I think we're getting lost in the sauce. I understand we're lost in the sauce, but just from what... I'm being told it sounds like she got screwed. Possibly. But that's what happened. Especially like established big name promoter coerces you into signing a contract. But sounds like big Hollywood coercing someone into or like music, you know, whatever. Yes, but I mean, at the time she was the only woman like who was really growing and he was kind of he viewed it as he was taking a risk kind of thing. Right. I get it. And I'm not saying that that's a, that's like a, a good thing. I'm not saying she got the best deal she could have, but we're getting lost in the sauce. Let's yeah, keep going. I'm in her corner right now. I'm just like... Of course, we're all in Christy's corner. Right. Just trying to act as her manager. 
Right. <laughs> and this is when her boxing career really took off. She was fighting in Vegas every two weeks with no breaks, no special treatment, but she was bringing a show. Even Mike Tyson came to see her fights and cheered her on. No way. Yeah. He initially heard about her while he was in jail and he couldn't believe it. So he started to go see her fights and he had nothing but good things to say about her. She threw hard punches. She was a crowd pleaser and really gave everyone their money's worth. And that's when she started fighting on Mike Tyson's card, which is kind of like his roster. Like, you know, the fights for the night, like that, that's his card kind of thing. Right in 1996 was the first women's boxing match that was aired on pay-per-view, which was huge. She realized at this point that she had made it if she won the fight. So she is completely freaking out. As she's walking out to this ring, the crowd of 100,000 people booed her because they did not want to see a woman fight. Again. Yes. I mean, this is just a continued thing, but now it's 100,000 people. The biggest fight of her career thus far. Yeah, I wonder if she, like, came to love that, came to enjoy it. I don't think so. Maybe or maybe not. But, like, you've been saying that people would boo her, and by the end of the fight, they would be going nuts. Yeah, so, I like, mean... So, like, I wonder if you would be, like, you know... I'll you, prove you wrong kind of thing. You're booing now, but... Maybe. Bitch, just wait. Yeah, maybe. I mean... I'm sure it didn't feel good to have them booing, but, you know, thankfully, it was short-lived. She fought Deidre Gogarty, and as soon as it started, the two of them put up a hell of a fight, both of them. And both women landed incredible blows, and Christy got her nose broken in one of the first rounds, but she never stopped. No fucking way. Neither of these women gave up for six brutal rounds, and Christy the whole time was bleeding profusely from her face. So the crowd went absolutely nuts and they really changed their opinion on women being in the ring not just the people there but the 80 million people watching it on tv as well 80 million yes dude christy's getting paid oh yeah and christy did end up winning that fight and everybody loved her she was she was actually she was known as the coal miner's daughter christy martin the coal miner's daughter Yeah. But you know, it's just crazy that like everyone's like, women can't fight. And then just two women come along and change 80 million people's oh, minds. Yeah. It was one hell of a like, fight. Yeah. Wow. They showed, they showed clips of it in the documentary. So go, go give, go give it a watch. Um, but first stay here and listen to what I'm going to say. <laughs> but when she got back to her, her hotel room that night, she laid down on the bathroom floor and thought that she was dying because she put every last bit of energy into that fight. Then she realized her voicemail box in her room was full of messages from people requesting interviews. People like The Tonight Show, Leno Show, all the big names. And Christy thought that it was a sick joke and got mad because she had just fought so hard and now her team was playing jokes on her. But her PR person <laughs> no was joke. like, yeah, her PR person was like, uh, hello, that's real. <laughs> like, I wonder how she felt when she realized it was real. Yeah. All everyone talked about was the Martin Gogarty fight and it was on the Tyson show. So that was a huge deal. That was the fight that put women's boxing on the map. That's Hell super yeah. cool. Hell yeah. yeah, Christy. Just gave me chills. She and did. What was the other woman's name? Deidre Gogarty. Yeah, I mean, her too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. She put up one hell of a fight as well. As she broke her nose. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She, uh, so Christy did all the interviews and landed the cover of Sports Illustrated. And she was the first woman boxer to be on the Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated cover. Everybody Christy fought after that was really fighting with their A-game because to them, Christy was, her, was their Super Bowl. They were just waiting to fuck her up because they just, they wanted to be the next one. You know, they're, they're like, right. I want to be the be- the next big name. Huge. And Christy was the, the bar, you know? Right. Huge target on her back. Exactly. And Don King signed her to a four-year contract and told her he'd make her a millionaire. Now she had the cars and the house and the basketball court and swimming pool and jewelry, anything she wanted, she could have. But that meant that every woman boxer after her threw every punch thinking of her face. Lisa Holloway, who was a, another boxer who would go on to become a two-time world champion, criticized Christie because she never said that other women fighters could be good, meaning Christie never like hyped up other women fighters. She was very cocky and made them work just as hard to gain respect 
to gain respect just as she did. And Christy really enjoyed the whole pre-fight smack talk that would happen. And a lot of times she would make comments that were nasty toward being homosexual because Jim encouraged her to do so. Christy was known in the boxing world as the girl next door type. In the ring, she wore pink boxing shorts that had tassels on them. And outside of the ring, she wore dresses and heels and makeup. And she had this image that Jim also thought was the reason that she was selling tickets, which is very misogynistic. And Jim sucks. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? Because of what you're wearing, you sell tickets? Fuck off everyone it's just like not even backed up by what happened because everyone well, no. would boo her yeah they would watch the fight she would kill it yeah and it would be a good fight with the other woman that she was boxing with and oh, yeah. then people would be like this is great entertainment yes and it's great sport it's clearly bullshit but yeah. jim is a shitty person and also i think he was probably very threatened by the fact that he knew his wife was gay you know? So he's like trying to have her come off as like the perfect wife in like, you know, society's eyes and like making fun of homosexuals because she could never be gay. Not my wife, not my Christy. Get fucked. So (laughs) I mean, he had to know deep down. He, 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 no, not deep down. He knew, he knew this was common knowledge for him. And but not like she was gay. It's like she slept with women for a reason and she yeah. did it despite all the harassment yeah, and no, discrimination. She, yeah, no, for he, a he knew he knew what was going on, but he was still making her do this, which is shitty. And he said that she looked like the typical housewife. She cooked, she did her hair and her fingernails. He would talk about this in like interviews, like this is like a brag. And because other women boxers usually didn't look like that, you know, the underhanded gay insults were being thrown and she would also throw them like kisses before fights. So she was playing it up, you know, pretty hard, which she's, you know, obviously been criticized for and like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure at this point regrets, but that's right. just how it happened. You know, but it's complicated. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> yes. I think that that is very clear, but... Christy was like, hey, Jim, if I keep doing this, someone from my past is going to pop up and say something. But nothing happened. um, And she kept doing it. And in 2001, Christy Martin fought Lisa Holloway. Lisa was much bigger than Christy. And at that point was a world champion too. So to prepare, Christy watched tapes of all the best boxers. And Lisa wasn't expecting Christy to have really good footwork and defense because she had never shown it up until that point because Christy was just really good at kind of like winging it and just being an incredible boxer like naturally. So she didn't have the best footwork in the beginning and she like never really had to put up a great big defense because she was just incredibly talented at the offensive position. But now for Lisa, she's like, I'm a... I'm going to show her what I really got. So okay. that that is what happened. And she did end up winning that fight as well. In front of the camera, Christy's career and life looked great at that point. She had 44 huge wins, but behind the camera, things were terrible. Jim was also in the spotlight because Don King used the fact that they were a married couple to publicize Christy, and Jim's entire personality became that he was married to Christy Martin. When he answered the phone, it wouldn't be, this is Jim Martin, it would be, this is Jim and Christy Martin. And their lives became so intertwined and they were completely isolated. Christy didn't go out with any of her friends, Jim didn't go out with any of his friends, it was just always the two of them. But after seven years of them being together and training together, Christy realized that Jim had taught her pretty much all he could teach her. And she wanted a new trainer. And she was okay with him being a co-trainer, but she wanted to bring in someone else as well. But he was not having that. At one point, they sparred, meaning Jim and Christy, because, you know, he's her trainer. But because he was 25 years older than her, she was scared to give her 100% because she didn't want to hurt him. So, you know, she wasn't giving it her all. And he knocked her out. He In training? Yes. He hit her in a way knowing that he was going to knock her out. And he did. And she had never been knocked out before. She had never even been dropped. 
And she said, you know, when you're hitting someone with enough force to knock them out and where to hit them. So he knew exactly what he was doing. He wanted to show her that he was still the boss. And all she wanted to do was leave him and live her life freely, but she didn't. Wow. I'm appalled. Yeah. I mean, no words. Like all the trust that she had in you. I mean, he was abusive for years. I mean, he's been abused. Yeah. I don't know if this was like the first time he was physically abusive, but this was like definitely a very notable moment. And she did talk about how like he was just really good at hiding the abuse because they were boxing. So it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. It's not like so straightforward because they are sparring and it's a combat sport. Of course. But he definitely should not have done that. And that is very much... Yeah, you don't try and knock someone out in training. Yeah, it just was a very fucked up thing. So, and it's she, your wife. Like, yes. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, uh, she really wanted to leave him, but she didn't. In 2003, Christy challenged Lila Ali to fight. And Lila Ali was Muhammad Ali's daughter. And she began boxing, not because of her dad, but because she saw Christy Martin doing it. No way. Yeah. But the only thing that Lila Ali had on Christy at that point was she was 30 pounds bigger than Christy and also much taller than her. So this seemed like a very odd pairing. Not only that, she was also younger than Christy. So this this was just like not a good pairing. Yeah, like she has all the physical advantages. Yes, but they were the two biggest names of the time and Jim pushed Christy to do this fight because he said it would be the biggest fight in women's boxing history. So to prepare for this fight, Christy called up Lisa Halloween again, who she fought and won, but she was still about 10 pounds bigger than Christy, so they thought that she would be helpful to, to spar with. To even be qualified for the fight, Christy needed to weigh in wearing an army uniform, boots and all, and quarters in her pockets. So she, to even be fighting Lila or Layla Ali, she needed to like really bulk herself up in like every way possible. Is that allowed? Like, I d- it shouldn't be. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I thought that they weighed everyone naked. And they, like, no put, up, put, they put up, like, a towel so you can't see. Yeah. But... Uh, listen, I don't know. But this was a highly anticipated fight. And they sold over 100,000 pay-per-view buys and sold out the arena to the point where they had to add chairs. This was a huge, huge fight. Oh, uh, she probably got, like, forced into this. Yes. Jim is terrible. Yeah. And as soon as the fight started... Layla landed a really hard blow to Christy's head, which knocked her off balance. And she had to ask Jim if she was fighting on an angle because everything felt like she was slanted. She was very, very dizzy. And he just told her, no, you'll be fine. Oh, no, 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 no. She fully clearly had had trauma. Yeah, she, she definitely had a concussion. And Jim should have called the fight there because he had he had the power to end the fight that is his job as her trainer not only to like be there and hype her up but if it gets dangerous to end it and he didn't he let christy get the shit kicked out of her and she needed to call the fight she in the middle of the fight had to take a knee and end the fight herself which was devastating because she didn't want to look like she was giving up. And if Jim called it, she could have said, at least I didn't want to end the fight, you know, but I had to do it because Jim called it. Right. Um, but she had to do it herself. So it was a devastating loss for yes, Christy. But good on her because, did, I mean, did she get hit more? Yeah. I mean, like... Like, she got to the point where she, like, couldn't stand up. Like, she had to kneel. She didn't get knocked out, but she was so dizzy and, like, she couldn't see. Yeah, yeah. I've had... um a similar experience but like you know really good on her that's like so brave to do because yeah. like yeah i mean if she kept going after that she really could have yes I mean, i'm sure that she did some permanent damage but like really could have been a vegetable easily and um i've had four concussions in my life yeah and i understand like how dangerous they are mm-hmm. and i've had i had a similar experience uh where i in a hockey game like literally couldn't see the puck and I went out for two more shifts before I pulled myself out. That's so scary. But yeah, it's like, because if you get hit one more time, like that's how people like end their careers. Or their lives. Or their lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really good Yeah, she, she did what she had to do, but it was definitely devastating. And after this fight, things definitely started to slowly but surely decline for her. I don't have like a, any more of her fights from that time period, but 
she definitely had a couple losses in there. And in 2008, which was five years later, one of Jim Martin's other fighters gave him a bunch of cocaine he had because Jim had told him to give it up. So he was like, here, you take it then. And instead of throwing it out, he brought it to Christy and said, look what I got. No. And Christy let it sit on their coffee table for a few days. But she said that at that time she was so miserable and she felt like she needed something. And that's when their cocaine addiction started and only got worse. It went from being a weekend thing to being seven days a week kind of thing. And they'd bring Coke to the gym. And when Christy told Jim that she was tired, he would cut her a line and she would take it with her gloves still on. And it got to the point where Christy would cut her own lines and put them in baggies and hide it around their house. But when she'd go to get it, it would be gone because Jim had cameras in their house and was watching her every move. She, yeah, she would call him the puppet master because he controlled everything. He would make her do things for Coke and he would make her wear a strap on because he got sexual satisfaction from that. And uh, he would, you know, take videos of her and pictures of her. And this just really confused Christy. But, you know, he he made her do it and she would tell him. Sick fuck. Yeah. And because of this, she would say, you know, I'm a lesbian. Like, let's just get divorced. She'd beg him to divorce her, and she even wrote up a contract and took care of all the expenses, but his response to that was hitting her across the face and knocked her tooth through her lip and sent blood everywhere. Jim was a master manipulator and had conned Christie's mother into believing that she had to stay close to him in order to know what was going on in Christie's life. And Christy tried to tell her mother about the fact that Jim was recording everything that she did and said in their house, and she wanted to get help, but her parents never helped her. Her father said, I can't live your life for you. You have to make your own decisions. So even when she tried to reach out and get help, she didn't get that. And at that point in her career, Christy Martin was really just on a string of losses at this point, but Jim wouldn't let her quit because she was his personal ATM. She didn't know how to get out of the situation that she was in. And one night she was high and looking at Facebook when she got a friend request and a message from Sherry from basketball in the very beginning of the story saying, is that what we call it? Friends? Something like that. That was what it said. And from there, the two of them talked all the time. And very quickly, Christy told her about everything and how unhappy she was in her marriage. And she knew that Jim was reading these messages and her texts. So she would have Sherry call her, but you know, Jim was still seeing these messages. And at first, Jim didn't want to read the messages because he was like, what the hell's going on? Like kind of in denial about it. But then Then Christy told him that she was going to meet up with Sherry and he didn't like that because he knew that Sherry was her ex-girlfriend, but Christy said that she was going to talk to her. And as she was leaving the house, he was like, if you leave me, I will kill you. And Christy turned around and said, do what you have to do and left. Whoa. So November 18th, 2010, Christy went to St. Augustine, Florida to visit Sherry. And as soon as they saw each other, it was as if no time had passed and they were back in high school and they were over the moon. But on the 20th, Jim started calling Christy's mother and asking her to call Christy to get her to come home. He called everyone to try to get a hold of Christy, but nobody could put her back on a leash. Finally, Jim got Christy on the phone and she told him that he was going to crash and burn. So she's like, you're gonna crash and burn, stay out of my life. Yeah, I mean, you're nobody without her. Pretty much. So he started calling all of her friends and family again and told them that she was a lesbian and she had left him for a woman. And this was his way of trying to destroy her reputation. He even sent pictures of Christy with the strap on to everyone he could, including her parents. He just wanted to take a wrecking ball to everything in her life. And on the 22nd, Christy went to Daytona to see Sherry. And that was when she got a call from Jim and he said, I'm so close, I could reach out and touch you. He also said that he had seen Christy and Sherry together. And Christy looked around and didn't see Jim. So she asked what Sherry was wearing. And he told her that she had a purple backpack over her left shoulder. So now Christy knows that he's so close that he he can see them, you know? And she's like, that's when we have to go home. So on the 23rd, the two of them were back home. Wait, and this lasted how long? Just a couple days. November 18th is when she got there. And on the 23rd, the two of them were back home. 
wow what the fuck he was like binoculars spying on them yeah he like found her and it was a threat he's like i will hurt you yeah yeah so they went back home and that day she told him that her head was hurting and she was going to take a nap for like 30 minutes and the entire time she was laying down she hears him sharpening a knife in the other room when she got up she called sherry and that's when jim walked into the room she told Sherry that he had something behind his back like three or four times. She's like, I don't know what's behind his back. Like he's got something behind his back. While he's in the room? Yeah. And Sherry heard Jim say, I want to talk to you. And she said, I'll talk to you when I'm done talking to Sherry. And after that, very quickly, Christy said, I've got to go. And she hung up the phone. Immediately after that, Jim started stabbing Christy. He had hit her four times really quickly and blood started going everywhere. He had stabbed her in the chest, under her arms, her breasts, and the two of them started fighting on the ground and Christy kicked him away and somehow managed to cut his leg with the knife. The two of them ended up in their bedroom on the floor and he continued to fight her and took her head and slammed it on the dresser like multiple times and in the struggle ended up getting another cut across his hand. And after the cut across his hand, he left the room and left her on the floor, you know, to like go take care of his hand. And as she was laying there, she heard her lung gurgling and filling up with blood. The whole time he kept coming in and out of the room to see if she had died yet. And she was begging him not to let her die. She said she was sorry and she loved him so much. But as soon as she realized that there wasn't really anything he could do to save her, nor was he going to, she very quickly switched up the script to fuck you, I never loved you anyway, you're a piece of shit and all you've ever done is use me. Uh, And that's when he came back into the room and stood at her feet pointing her pink nine millimeter gun at her. She told him he didn't have the balls to shoot her. Oh my God. But he shot her. She said she felt herself dying, but in her head, all she could think about was how she didn't wanna die and needed to get herself out of there. And that's when she heard the shower turn on. Jim wanted to clean himself up, but she knew that it was the only time that she would have to potentially get herself out. So she pulled herself up and she grabbed a set of car keys and ran outside. But when she got to the car, she realized that she had gotten the wrong set of car keys, but there was no going back. So she decided to run out into the middle of the road. And the first car that approached her just kept on driving. But after that, Rick Cole, who was driving by her, stopped his car and let her in. She just opened the door and jumped in his back seat and said, please don't let me die, sir. And then she said, I'm sorry, I'm bleeding all over your back seat. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's always so funny to me as victims just will feel sorry for things that they just don't need to worry about. Exactly, yeah. Um, he immediately called 911 and got her to the hospital. And as soon as the media got hold of this, the news was everywhere that Jim Martin attempted to stab his wife, Christy Martin, to death after she told him that she was leaving him for another woman. It was huge news because from the media's portrayal, their relationship was perfect. They were known as a power couple. Not only that, but after Christy got to the hospital, Jim fled the scene and was missing for a couple of days. 66-year-old James Martin was on the run and was considered armed and dangerous, and the police were actively searching for him. Jim had been hiding a few doors down at a neighbor's vacant house inside their tool shed in the backyard, and Christie's father said they found Jim because they smelled his cologne nearby and they knew that he had to be in the area. Which, like, how strong is this man's cologne? What the fuck? I know. Did he bathe in it? That's, I mean, he must have if that's the case, but... The police found him in the shed holding the bloody knife. Oops. I mean, there's no denying you did it, but really? You're holding the bloody knife? Sherry immediately flew in from Florida and went to the hospital to be with Christy. And she tried calling Christy's mother to tell her how she was doing, but her mother told Sherry that she better not be there when they got there. Wait, what? Christy's mother said to Sherry, who was trying to just tell Christy's mother how she was doing. Her mother said, you better not be there when we get there. Whoa. Christy said in her mother's mind, the fact that she got shot and stabbed was Sherry's fault. Right. Because that makes perfect sense. Not only that, but it was Christy's fault as well. Her mother didn't acknowledge that it was Jim's fault for like months after the stabbing. Right. So logic has escaped Christy's mom. Yes. But let me... It has left her. Yeah, I mean, 
it just goes to show you how like how manipulative Jim was, you know? That's insane to me. Yeah. Your baby was like an attempted murder on your baby. Yeah. And you think it is her fault? Right. Yeah. Uh, after that, it was a long time before Christy spoke to her mother again because she said her mother might as well have pulled the trigger since she always took Jim's side. That's correct. Yeah. And, you know, now Christy was thrown out of the closet. Jim had told Christy for years that the boxing world would turn against her if she ever came out as lesbian and she would lose all of her fans, but the complete opposite happened. Fucking right. Yeah. Now that everyone knew the truth, they loved her even more and it really put into perspective for people that you really never know what someone is going through behind the scenes. Christy now had to go through the trial and Jim had pled not guilty. So that meant it was gonna be a little bit of a fight. And Jim Martin's take on the court case was, quote, it wasn't about who was right or wrong. It was about who could tell the best story. What, is this story time, Jim? This is a court of law. Yeah, but I mean, he's not like wrong. He's not 100% you know? wrong, which is the fucked up part. But, yeah. like, but he's not, it's not right. You really <laughs> but... just, just keep going lower. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I guess the attempted murder was the low. <laughs> However... You are stooping, in my mind, even lower. Yes. You're like, I'm going to tell a better story than you. Yes. And I'm going to get out. Right. His defense team was claiming that Christy was the aggressor. And they were claiming that the cocaine made her paranoid and confused. And since the gun belonged to Christy, she must have been the one who felt threatened and attacked Jim. Repeat the last part for me. So they were claiming that the cocaine made her paranoid and confused. And since she had a gun in the first place, she must have been the one who felt threatened. And she was the one who initially attacked Jim. Right. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense because it's not what happened, you know? So because she had the gun and thus the upper hand in the situation, she felt threatened. This was his attempt at telling a better story. Okay. Uh, yeah, shitty story. Go back to school. <laughs> Jim, you suck. Jim, you suck. Um, Christy <laughs> oh really tore Jim a new one in the courtroom. Uh, she laid everything out for the jury using photos of her bedroom to show the path they took to the bloody clothes she was wearing, as well as the weapons Jim used. And every time Jim would try to look away from her, she would tell him to look at her. And on the stand, she said, you shot me with my own gun, basically point blank. And guess what, motherfucker? I walked out. I love her. I know. I love her. I know. I love her fuck you attitude. And what about the cameras, Jim, that you <laughs> used to spy on her? There you go. Perhaps they captured this exchange. Perhaps. Uh, and on November 23rd, 2010, Jim Martin was found guilty of attempted second degree murder and attempted manslaughter and sentenced to a minimum of 25 years. But at that point, he would be 92. So basically life. And yeah. How about that, that motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. So Get fucked, Jim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh but after that, Christy told the press that she was determined to get back into the ring and continue her career. She wanted to show Jim that she could win without him. And that's when she called Miguel Diaz to become her new trainer. Miguel had already been in her corner when she asked him if he would train her, and he absolutely agreed, although he thought that it would start in about five or six months. But within 24 hours of their conversation, Christy was back in the boxing gym, still with the bullet in her back. No way they didn't remove it. No. <laughs> Dude, she is such a badass. Yeah, she wanted that 50th win. And Sherry didn't want Chrissy to start fighting again, but there wasn't anything she could do to stop her. Yeah, you're going to stop this one. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to stop her now. Yeah. In June of 2011, Christy Martin fought Dakota Stone, determined to make this her 50th win, and the fight was going well. Christy was hitting hard, and she actually had the upper hand for the entire fight. Dakota Stone had never been dropped in her career, but halfway through the fight, Christy got a really good right hook in and took Dakota Stone down, which was huge. But the only problem was that the hit broke Christie's right hand. And she said that the only time she has ever felt pain in the boxing ring was during that fight. But she had two more rounds and she wanted that win. She kept fighting, but as time went on, you could really tell how much pain she was in with each hit. And 50 seconds before the fight would have ended and it would have been her 50th win, the ringside physician called the fight. No. Yes. 
She was fucking pissed. But it turns out that the bones in her hand at that point looked like gravel. The doctor said that it was the worst broken hand that she has ever seen. And she needed to go into surgery for it. And the doctors told her family that it would take two hours to complete the surgery. But after seven hours, Christy finally came out of surgery. And when she woke up, she knew that something was wrong. She had had a stroke on the table. And when she woke up, she couldn't stand or speak. And her vision was very blurry. Before the stroke, Sherry and Christy had agreed that they would go their separate ways because they were just different people now. And they were, you know, kind of growing apart. But after the stroke, Sherry stayed and took care of, took care of Christy in the hospital and helped her heal. She was also there for Christy in the courtroom as well. Ultimately, the two decided that they would be, you know, better if they did split up and they did end up splitting up, but they didn't have any bad feelings. It was more of a like, let's go our separate ways kind of a thing. Yeah, mutual yeah split and christy has said that she still struggles with reoccurring nightmares because of what happened to her she asked her counselor when she'll get over it but they told her probably never but you can learn how to deal with it and that's what she does and she gets better at it every single day coincidentally enough she and lisa halloween uh, her former rival connected and figured out that they were the right fit for each other and have gotten married in november of 2017 Oh, no way. They are very much in love and the happiest they have ever been. And Christy said that she hopes that their relationship is everlasting and she can make Lisa as happy as she makes her. Wow, that is so cool. I know, yeah. Because in the documentary, like, you don't know that's what happens and you just think Lisa is, like, her rival. And then at the end, they're like, and we're married. And I was like... (gasps) What? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they did spar together. It sounded yeah. like they were training for um, the fight that she had to take herself out of, right? Mm-hmm. No, that I was... Fr- I oh, yeah, yeah, against yeah. Lila Ali. Lila Ali. Layla Ali. But yeah, I mean, they were training together before mm-hmm. that. So yeah. I don't know. It sounded like they weren't... Like, they, maybe they were their adversaries at first, but it sounded like they had a great mutual respect for each other oh, if you're yeah. willing to spar with somebody and, yeah, like, train definitely. with them. For sure. Um, and, yeah, Christy made it her life's mission to support family abuse victims and survivors in their own fight for life. Christy's Champs is an organization that helps educate and empower those who suffer emotional and physical abuse in their families. Christy has been inducted to six halls of fame and is among the first class of women to be inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. She began her professional career at 21 and holds a record of 49 wins, seven losses, three draws, and 31 wins by knockout. Oh my god. She retired from the ring in 2012 and is currently CEO of Christy Martin Promotions, a boxing promotion company. And I just like to end it with a nice little quote from Christy. Uh, She said, I might get beaten and I might get knocked down, but motherfucker, you can't kill me. Amen. And that is the story of Christy Martin. Wow. I love this story. I know. I did too. Oh, I wanted, I meant to shout out the person who suggested it because this was from a listener and I had no idea about this, you know, story or Christy Martin. And I looked her up and I was like, holy shit. Like what? Kate Hammersmith, thank you for that suggestion. That was a incredible suggestion. Thank you, um, Kate. Yeah, if you guys have other suggestions for me, send them my way. Uh, I I love hearing about them and I love looking into them. So and we might just do it. And we might just do them. Um, so that is that story. Yeah. No, I just. I mean, her. I like. I don't think many people, if any, could match her ferocity. Yeah. Is maybe is that even a word? Yeah. Determination, mm-hmm. motivation, and just like overall, yes. like fuck you attitude. Like when she was leaving to go with Sherry for those five days, and Jim was like, "I will kill you if you leave me." She's yeah. like, "Do what you gotta do." Yeah, she's badass. Yeah, that's a badass. Yeah. And then starts training twenty four hours mm-hmm. after talking to her trainer with yeah. a bullet, with a bullet in her back, still in her back, right after the court case. Yeah. Right after the court, after the court case. Yeah. That she made Jim look at her yep she's incredible wow yeah i know wow i was this is such an inspiring story and like what an incredible woman incredible woman yeah and then she goes on to start her foundation yeah to help people going through just the situation she did like yeah it's amazing that's a good one um you got a good thing 
Yeah, well, my, my good thing is that I rollerbladed this week for the first time in a long time, but I went all the way to Santa Monica and back, mm-hmm. which was a round trip of 16 miles. Yeah. Took me about like three, three and a half hours, but I had a really good time. It was like a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just kind of enjoy like moving around, like seeing everything leading up to it. Yeah. So I actually like found a, a lot of good spots that I want to go check out yeah. for like food and drinks, but it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I was, I was on my way home from work and I, I was like, what'd you do today? And he was like, oh, I rollerbladed 16 miles. And I was like, oh, word. Yeah. Word. <laughs> like, um, yeah, that's cool. That was, that's really cool for sure. But it was fun. Um, yeah. My good thing is that on Wednesday, or I don't know if we even mentioned this in the last podcast, but Thursday was my birthday. Whoop, whoop. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. You are 24. I am. Um, <laughs> and uh, we kind of went out like spontaneously on Wednesday night with a couple of my work friends. And that was really nice. And it would kind of turn into like my little birthday celebration because then midnight hit and they were like, bow, 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 you were birthed. And I was like, <laughs> love that. So that was really fun. And yeah, that's my good thing. Fair enough. Hell yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to keep track of all the pictures that we post for each of the stories we talk about, follow us on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. If you have a story of your own that you'd like to share with us, send it to notodaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter that is notodaypodcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. And we have a TikTok, which is notodaypodcast. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.